0: OPN Ask an Angel podcasts are conversations with global angel investors and venture capitalists. We explore how to invest, understanding investment strategies, and approaches to due diligence. Join us and learn what it takes to be a startup or what it takes to invest in the next great company. Bernie Bat, welcome. I'm excited to spend some time, learn a little bit more about you and what you're looking to invest in. And today, uh, we're at Ask an Angel. So, We don't like to waste time. We like to jump right into things. So, Bernie, why don't you give us a little bit of background about yourself? We've known each other for a few years. Uh, We're part of the same screening committees. Uh, We work on lots of different uh, projects, chat all the time about startups. But now I get to explore a little bit more about how and what you think and see in the world of startups. So maybe you can give us a background of kind of where you came from and what you're up to now.
1: Yeah, okay. So I, I guess a uh, little background about myself. I am uh I, I guess I'm I'm an angel investor currently. I I invest in a lot of different asset classes, but uh I, I also work as an analyst for for the for the angel group. And um I guess I, I really started my career working um, for Deloitte and Touche in Vancouver uh under the restructuring guidelines. So I, I would, I would go in for, for performance enhancement reasons or for insolvency reasons. So, uh, so that's a little background. Um, uh, I, I have some experience as an entrepreneur in, in that I, I have a, a company back in, in Vancouver that's, that's still, still, uh, going on that that's, a an educational consulting business. And, um, and then we, we also have brick and mortar classes, not, not currently given the, the COVID crisis, but, uh, other than that um, yeah I guess uh, I, I I have some real estate ventures in town and um, yeah so that's that's kind of me nutshell.
0: so it keeps you busy so maybe give us an idea of what actually got you into the investing side getting into angel world what kind of steered you in this direction
1: yeah I I mean um I was looking for a way to to deploy capital that uh, that kind of supported uh, the better side of things. So I I guess I have have a background in working for a coal miner in in Mongolia. And uh, so it's a metallurgical coal business, uh, and it's a miner. And um, I guess getting into the angel world was kind of my way of giving back to the community, I guess.
0: Very cool. So is there one thing that you like a lot about the angel side of things, uh, around it. Like what's your favorite piece of the investing side? What kind of gets your blood flowing? Yeah.
1: I mean, uh, I guess that the, the angel side kind of, I guess for me, I, the majority of my assets are, are in real estate, but, uh, I guess when, when you, I've always thought of real estate as an asset for, for those that are, uh, not, not so intellectually, uh, stimulated, I guess. So, so, uh, I, I guess, uh, working with the angel community, is a way to kind of keep all my synapses firing and, uh, and kind of understand what's out there in the community. And, uh, I guess I've got really gotten into the macro side of things over, 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 over the last little while. And, uh, and as a result, kind of my, my, my investing methodology has kind of changed a little bit. Well,
0: that, that, that makes it sound a little bit more interesting. I want to kind of pull back onto your real estate side. Cause you mentioned that, um, maybe this is the plain Jane space for investing and uh, that it's maybe not as, uh, people are probably look at it a different way. You obviously mm-hmm. got into it because it's an asset class, but maybe you can give us an idea of, um, where do you see that going right now? Obviously the world's trying to figure it out. Uh, People are working from home, they're talking about no one's ever gonna go back to an office again. I'm kind of thinking that's not true, Uh, but you've got some properties in that space. So the commercial side, is there something in your mind that you're saying, you know what, we're innovative, but this is the direction we've got to go. How are you guys looking at the real estate side from an investor standpoint? uh,
1: I mean, I've been, Pretty lucky from the from the real estate standpoint in that I don't have a whole lot of my my tenants that are are hit super hard. I don't have any any retail. I I do have office space, which for which some of my tenants have been hit pretty hard, uh, but mostly just the really small ones. So I've got I've got Canada Post in there. Canada Post is is not going to close down its shop. I've got a I've got a a, a, a company that's, that's probably fine, firing on all synapses because of uh, uh, not all synapses, but fire, firing, on all cylinders because they, they are a banking software company. So, so they are actually, the demand for banking software and stability is, is just so high right now. And then my, my other big tenant is, is, is uh, a, is a company called Northern commerce in town here. And they, they've been targeting some bigger and bigger companies as a result of this, uh COVID crisis. People have to move online, and uh, they're just one of the companies that does that really well, and at a at a lower cost basis than than um, than than a lot of other companies out there. Just because we're based out in London, Ontario, um, and then I have a I have some in, industrial buildings, and they can't move anywhere because they they and they're not shutting down either, and they actually do better in recession because they. Uh, people tend to buy less wholesale, uh, when they're not building as big things and they buy, they buy more retail and the the whole move towards just in time manufacturing processing and all that, it, it it actually helps these guys out. So I, I, you know, when, when I bought all these buildings, I bought them all four buildings in 2016. And, uh, when I bought them, I was, I was thinking, man, we've got to be super long in the tooth on this cycle. So, uh, so I tried to buy things that, that wouldn't, that wouldn't get hit super hard in the, in the event that we had a recession. I didn't think we would have a recession due to a virus, but, uh, I, I did think we'd have a fairly deep recession this, this cycle.
0: So you kind of planned that out when you were making these investments. So what made you jump into the real estate side and then now back into the angel side was the? Did you look at the portfolio and just say, you know what? I'm going to balance this out by doing something that's going to be more long term play, dig it in, and then over here I'm going to look for more innovation. Innovation is that kind of the idea behind it.
1: I guess uh, I got into the angel side of things more as a philanthropic uh, prospect in order to to uh, you know, if you donate to a charity, it only it, it only helps people for a month or two months. Whereas if you, if you donate to, or if you, if you invest in a business, then, uh, they, they, they actually, uh, they hire people for a longer period of time and, and, and all the, all those benefits continue for, for many, many years. Hopefully.
0: Yes. (laughs) Well, if you're donating money, I can find a few places for you to make some donations, but in the startup world, but I think I, I do like that. I like that you're looking at, it, when you have a balanced portfolio, you kind of have to figure out, okay, if I'm going to do a little bit of real estate, yeah. this is why if I'm going to go summer in startups. I'm going to, I want to give back. I want to help build the base yeah. so the communities continue to grow and, and move from there. Totally. Is there, yeah. you mentioned a bunch of the companies that are actually working inside your the buildings and they're uh, almost COVID proof mm-hmm. it kind of looks at, even when you look at the startup world, uh, are you seeing, from an investor standpoint, that there's more going on in trying to find investments that are COVID-proof, um, yeah. or yeah. virus-proof? So,
1: so I actually look for deal flow for 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 the uh, Equation Angels group. So, uh, I have had an incredibly difficult time finding deal flow, and the reason for that is that I, nobody, uh, I guess right after it happened, nobody had adjusted their models yet. So that that kind of shows me. You, they're not ready to come back into the game yet if they haven't adjusted their models at all, right? I mean, you, you have to you have to take into consideration that there's going to be a, a difference in demand, whether that be up or down. Uh, that's 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 definitely something something to think about. And the the, the next question that I, I really wanted to dig deep into was uh, how they were going to get get their next round of financing, because um, you know with with VCs. Going risk off as well. That next round of financing is going to be extremely difficult to get for for companies that aren't in certain sectors because VCs are aren't not spending money anymore, but they are they're they're targeting sectors that that are going to do really well going forward.
0: So you mentioned um, they haven't changed their models. Can you give a little bit more detail around what you mean by that? Like COVID is yeah. a one instance, but. Are you now saying we need to be more insular around protecting our companies to be able to operate in any pandemic, in any environment, in any issue, uh, because this is going to roll out in six months and then life goes back to normal? Or And you know what? What about all the companies that weren't that way and, you know, they come back and flourish again? So how do you really balance through that? I'm,
1: I'm more talking about the worst case scenario where the company is still, still predicting that their 2020 sales are going to be X amount when mm. mm-hmm. Uh, so, so the, the short the short term forca- forecast is is definitely a, a, an easy way to to draw some red flags. Um, now, is that is that really going to impact the, the value going forward? I mean, I I'm personally of the perspective that um, that companies are gonna are are going to like uh, everybody has, has a customer. And a lot of our customers, and in, 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 that we that a lot of our companies that we bring through the angel uh, group are B2B plays. And for those B2B plays, you gotta step into the shoes of the, those customers of those B2B plays, and 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 think, are these guys gonna really buy this kind of software when they're in the middle of a pandemic? Usually, those budgets shrink significantly. If if like even if top line revenues go from from a hundred percent to ninety percent, you're you're going to see marketing budgets significantly lower. We've already seen that. Uh, if you if you look at um, if you look at what what kind of uh, revenues that that advertising uh, advertisers are 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 producing like on on content, uh, yeah, you're getting a lot more views, but the the value is is a lot lower. So. I think going forward that we're gonna see a trend where, where marketing marketing spend is gonna be a lot lower. Now, companies that, that actually lower the cost basis for these companies, they're gonna they're gonna have an easier time because companies are gonna be looking left, right, and center for ways to save money, but not not really for ways to spend it more. Um, and then uh, if you're looking longer term, which you should be doing if you're if you're if you're angel investing. Uh, you need to find find the companies that are going to shake out in the end and and actually uh you know uh, they've got a sufficient level of innovation that that's going to move the company forward so i th- i think going f- going forward when the, when the pandemic's dan- done you're going to see you're going to see two types of companies emerge that are doing well which is going to be the, the the uh consumer uh secular so so anything that's that's uh that's basically the same, regardless of where we are in the cycle, like Campbell's soup, uh, you know, people need to need to eat soup. <laughs> and, uh, I guess if you, and, and if you're looking at, at, uh, companies that, that innovate a lot and change the way that people do business, those, those are going to be important too. Uh, if the innovation level is pretty much flat and it just makes it, it, it introduces a new cost, but doesn't have, doesn't have enough benefit to the, to who they, they sell it to. That's that's going to be that's going to be a company that's not going to do well.
0: You mentioned that uh, that when companies are uh, you're starting to look at uh, forecasting for the future, shifting budgets. I know your background is in finance, and accounting side of things. So, is there any recommendations that you kind of see that if a company is going to have to you know go another three to six months, uh, what kind of things on the bottom line that they should start? Uh, focusing in on because of that next raise that's going to help them get there uh you mentioned cutting out softwares and things like that is that uh you know even as a startup you got to be looking at certain things to be
1: removing right are you talking for advice for a startup or talking for advice for a for a a
0: company sides we'll do both sides because you're looking at it from both sides right
1: yeah i guess my my advice is actually pretty similar for for both startups and and uh and and um and companies that, that that have been around for some time it's it's that you're going to have to manage your, your cash flow fairly well and you're going to have to get fairly grand, granular into into where your cash comes from how that might change going forward uh and and uh, and, and you're going to have to manage risk significantly so um, you know if you're i Everybody gives the res- restaurant example, but I'm going to do it too. So you got to you got to take into account that people are going to have to sit further apart. You're going to you're, you're going to have to figure out can you make any money doing that? And if so, what are you going to have to do to, to do that? Do, are you going to have to raise raise your prices, or are you going to have to make do with less staff and and serve the same amount of people? And uh, if so, how are you going to keep everybody safe? Because you're you're not you're not going to if you get one one scare where everybody Everybody knows that Joe's restaurant. Uh, a lot of people got sick there. Then that—that's that's your one chance, really, uh, to to get your business back and running. And uh, I guess I'm assuming Joe's restaurant <laughs> doesn't have a, doesn't have a whole lot of uh, assets because really uh, you got to look at it from the, from the insolvency standpoint. You almost got to look at every business from the insolvency standpoint. So you got to look at where the cash is coming in and where the cash is going out.
0: You make a good point. I think that sometimes we forget about uh, our, our push to grow sales, we forget about what occurs if one bad thing happens. Can it crumble my entire business. Uh, I was reading a, an article this morning on Airbnb, they mm-hmm. said no, it took us 12 years to build something that almost died in four weeks. And uh, it's uh, pretty pretty crazy what they've had to go through and shift through just to survive over that four to six weeks where everything shut down and nobody was using the platform and, and uh, how much cost goes out when nothing's coming in and uh, what they had to balance through that. And I guess in a way, The same problem is that if they looked at it and said, well, if we keep pushing people into places and something bad happens, that looks bad on us even more. And that becomes more catastrophic and can ruin the brand and ruin everything. So uh, I think sometimes restaurants or people may forget that, you know, one bad review, you can work through that. But if that bad review happens to be that you infected a a massive group, then that can cause some bigger value that you may lose sales for the next six months to a year.
1: Yeah yeah i and then it, it's like uh like a, a, any- catastrophic uh event like you, you lose people's credit card numbers you get people sick you know uh I still remember when Jack in the box got a whole bunch of people sick on e coli and that that just kind of uh you think about that every time you go to jack in the box so <laughs> healthy, you
0: think about it <laughs> uh, so now you're only having beer, you're like, you know what I guess I'll have a beer today you no know any food nah I'm all right <laughs> yeah i guess in time that it uh, doesn't seem to go out of your mind right 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 totally agree um, with that yeah so
1: yeah i i mean i've i've seen a i've seen a pretty big pullback in uh in investors so uh you know i i i, I see a lot of people uh just kind of you know in the face of uncertainty you get a lot of people just wait and see yeah and uh I guess that's, that's not what I've done. I'm kind of, I've gotten an in, investment thesis and I, I've, I just go with that. And that's, that's what, that's what, that's what I'm, I, I think I want to do. And, and whether I'm right or wrong, that's what I'm doing. Um, and it's changed a little bit. To, and I've been, I, I've i actually spent like the last two months thinking out if I'm positioned, okay, it, you know, given worst case scenario, I, am I positioned okay? Cause that. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I worry about uh, I worry worry about freely traded financial assets. So so angel assets are not freely traded. So so they're they're fairly stable. You're not going to see like a, a a huge pump up in value like like uh, like the stock market is uh, currently. You uh, you you just you know, you, it it has supply and demand. Like it it depends on how many investors are out there, but there's not that many investors who, who are, who are willing to put money in right now. So therefore you're, you've kind of got a little bit more negotiating power right at this very
0: moment. Oh, you're setting me up for this perfect question that I want to ask. I planned this whole thing out, which was, uh, (laughs) uh, um, it was all around the stock market. And then you just talked about something else. So I was going to like, I'm like, is this the right place to ask this question? Okay. Um, it probably isn't because it, it wouldn't be really defining, uh, the, the, the purpose of having this discussion around how investors are thinking and how they're working. Um, but, uh, we'll have, we'll have this discussion later, but it really does, uh, pull around the, this whole idea of false inflation, herd mentality. And, uh, right now I think the, the stock market is the world's largest Ponzi scheme and, uh, Um, because of the fact of it's taking a total different direction the way the markets are going. People tend to, back in 2008, 2001, everybody pulled back. There was the fear, the control, managing of it. And now it seems like the markets are in their own control and they're, they don't care so much about the news. They care about how much I can pile on and get people into uh, either false news or good news or bad news. And you said, like it doesn't trickle down to the startup world. So it, it kind of is interesting because, uh, you mentioned that a lot of investors are kind of pulling back mm-hmm. are you, and you said you've got a thesis. So in that thesis, uh, it's kind of like, it doesn't matter where we're at, as long as I'm kind of hitting these spots. Can you define a little bit more about what your investment thesis is, especially how it relates back to early stage companies?
1: Yeah. So I, I, I've got, uh, you know, I'm, I manage things, uh, all my assets, it, it, it as a portfolio, you, even my house, I consider as an asset that that's within my portfolio. So, uh, you know, I've got a exposure to, uh, residential, uh, real estate in London, Ontario. I've got exposure to residential real estate in Vancouver, and, uh, I've got exposure to, to commercial real estate in Southwestern Ontario. And, uh, and then, i I actually, <laughs> I, I don't want uh, people to follow follow me in suit, but I am actually betting against the stock market currently, uh, so my my stock market position is bearish. Uh, but uh, I I I would caution folks uh, to follow what I I do it, from that standpoint, given that that uh, really what, what I see in, in financial markets right now is, is, uh, is, is a bubble that's being fed by the, by the Federal Reserve Bank who just put in $3 trillion into, in, into, uh, into bond buying in the States. And so anybody who has access to those bond markets, uh, they, they've instantly got all this liquidity and they gotta put it somewhere. So they're, they're not gonna put it back into bond markets because bond markets are, are inflated. So they're going to put it into the stock market um, or they're going to put it into cryptocurrencies or they're going to put it into gold. Uh, and, uh, so, so you got, to, you've got a situation where, where that's a little bit too volatile. Um, I, I, have got it. I mean, that kind of money is just kind of playing around. It's almost like putting my money on red. Uh, but, uh, I guess from, from that, that standpoint, um, I'm comfortable with the amount that I'm risking in in that in that market, um, and then I'm also comfortable with the amount of risk that I've gotten in my real estate assets, and uh, and and the, they're all cash flowing real estate assets with the exception of my house. So uh, I guess so. So I'm 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 fine with uh, with those positions because that's that's kind of where I think you're you're going to need to be is you. you you, you, you get into like a, an environment where uh, I guess we've got all these federal programs that are stopping people from, from uh, going bankrupt, I guess. And then once all those federal programs uh, stop like serve paycheck protection program, uh, CEWS, which motivates people to keep staff on uh, it, it. Once you've got all these programs that, that, that kind of motivate people to do certain things once they're gone, those certain things that people are motivated to do, they're not motivated to do them anymore. So, uh, so we're you're you I think we're going to see um, <laughs> we're going to see a lot of uh, a lot of insolvency uh, from from a from a guy who's got a background in insolvency. I I, I think that people aren't going to be able to to pay the bills. I I think that uh, you know landlords have 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 this program to, 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 uh, right now where, where they, they can, uh, they can pause their mortgages, but really when they need that, it's six months from now when, when the Serb thing re- wears off and, uh, and, and, and your, your tenants can no longer pay, pay the mortgages right? or pay your, pay your rent, which pays your mortgage. So, uh, you know, everywhere down the chain, you've got, you've got, uh, you've got debt, which is in turn, um, uh, someone else 's asset, and that that someone else is at risk, I, I would think in the next year or so and uh, and I guess as things get as things potentially get worse and worse, and you know who knows what kind of programs they're going to roll out, maybe they can stop this from happening, but uh, as 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 things get worse and worse you 're going to see uh, You're going to see companies not being able to to make as much income as they they used to be able to be, and that's that's going to make the companies go go have some insolvency issues as well. So uh, and then, yeah, I was speaking to uh, one of my colleagues, uh, and he was talking about how how uh, he received a consumer pro uh, a proposal from not a consumer proposal because it was was a company, but uh, of I guess a proposal saying we'll pay you 10% of what we owe you. And, uh, and, and, uh, and this investor, he, he, he works for the Koch brothers in, in the US, and he just had to take the 10%. Uh, and so, so you got companies, and then that, that company just started back again, like as if nothing happened. So, so you, got a, you got a whole bunch of, uh, of good, good companies that get impacted by bad. And um, you know, as a result, we're going to see less capital out there. Uh, we're and uh, and I guess the deals are going to get better for for us investors if if you have capital.
0: And as long as the ca- the uh, uh, these companies have the right solution, the right mix, and drive to be able to attack the market, uh, right. even if the market is fifty percent down or uh, yeah. unemployment's higher than what it is currently, right? So there's there is uh, you really do have to be picky choosy now on the companies you're going to jump into and even when i remember back in 2008 when working in the same space there was uh, you know there was a lot of deals that could be had but the fear was it wasn't as i don't think it was as big as it's going to be over the next few months because in the next few months when all of these packages do drop off by the government things are going to shift one more time right and it may not be shifting because of covid it's shifting because of the fallout from covid and really, it's, you know, how the, do these companies survive? So there's been a pullback now to kind of look at your portfolio and say, uh, are they all just going to survive? And where can I throw in some cash to keep them going? Uh, yeah. Or do I just let this one fall off? And uh, I guess while you're kind of going through that process, you can't save everybody on your portfolio. So you're going to start to pick and choose the ones that work best for you uh, or work best for your growth. Um, are you looking at that same perspective?
1: Yeah, I I know that one of the companies that I've invested in is, I, unless they they start figuring out how they can do business in 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 COVID, they're they're probably not going to survive this, and I'm not going to give them any more money because I guess that I'm not going to send good money after bad. Um, one of my. I, I guess my my biggest angel investment that I've done so far I, I just I just completed and that was uh, for uh, a company called Digero out of uh, out of Kitchener Waterloo, and uh, they offer uh, they they offered a debt product which is convertible at my option, uh, and uh, and it, it just had a huge huge coupon on it. And uh, so, so I I I feel like I I'd prefer to have capital in two three years when, whenever they they can repay that, than than have sh- their shares, because even though I know that that company is going to do well and I and they've definitely they've definitely been killing it through through this uh, this quarantine because uh, they, they're actually co- connectivity high quality connectivity services for for broadband companies and. And, for, um, I sorry, broadcast companies and, uh, also for, for, uh, for, you know, like companies, uh, who, who really require really high quality services. Like if you're going to do your, your corporate earnings call, you're probably going to need really, really good quality, uh, uh, connectivity for, for that, just to make sure that, that everything comes across perfectly. Right. Yep. Uh, so this company has been doing incredibly well because, that's that's the one thing that, that holds things together right now. So um, and uh, and I'm more than happy not 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 getting a share of the profits, but but just getting that getting that, that high rate interest. And uh, and and you know, if I got that, that protection, if they got bought out then then at least I, I, I get a little bit of the share of the upside, although the evaluation is pretty high on that on that convertible. But um, I, I I'm very happy with that because I, I guess um, I think that there's going to be some huge opportunities uh, in in I, I guess you know financial markets go up <laughs> financial markets go down so if if there if there's no if there's no money to be made right now then there's definitely some money to be made in, in, in a couple of years um, and how
0: do, you, how do you position yourself to make sure that you are ready for that type of action that occurs. And that starts now while the next two years unfold, you'll be able to start positioning yourself by making investments that are bringing cash back, uh, being, li- being able to be uh, liquid That's at correct. the times that you need it. And there's not That's a lot of to make you liquid, right?
1: That's correct. Yeah. Uh, so, so I, I've actually got a r- pretty significant uh, portion of my net worth in, in these kind of uh, uh, I guess debt instrument assets or, or uh, instruments with, with, high liquidity and, and, and also super high returns as well. Uh, and, and they are things that, that do well in this type of crisis. So, um, yeah, I'm just, I, am happy with where I am right now. And, uh, I just, I'm just kind of in a holding pattern to see what else I'll do if I, if I see something interesting.
0: Is there uh, is there any when you're kind of reviewing all these different spaces all these different areas that you're going into uh, that you can be a little bit more liquid uh, when the time is is there a vertical that you're more comfortable with right now that you're seeing that's kind of op- offering these opportunities yeah so so digero the the uh,
1: is, is corporate debt so um uh, you know corporate debt's a little bit higher risk than 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 some of the other things I, I've got. I'm in a fund, which is uh, which, which is a lending fund that lends against uh, government receivables. So, uh, and they, they actually can receive the government receivables directly if in the event that, that the company goes insolvent. So, so it it, it is actually very very uh, secure in 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 insolvency times. And it and it pays a an incredible return for for uh, for for the the kind of security that, that you get in that in, in that particular product. So, I, I put a lot of money into that, um, and then and then there's there's a, another one that I did which isn't doing quite as well. But I didn't put that much money into that one either. So,
0: so we'll talk about that one. Then that one's. <laughs> Not on the forefront, so it's not as important. Uh, no, I like that. Uh, no, that's good. So uh, it's, uh, it's pretty interesting. Like you, you've, uh, you've really uh, talked a lot about this real in-depth portfolio thesis and how you're kind of executing on it. And it seems to be flowing quite nicely. And you're, you're balancing yourself out for the COVID, even though COVID wasn't in your forefront or in your front mirror. It happened. You adjusted. You continue to build up and move forward. Is there, um, I guess, when you're you're making these investments, are you looking at your other portfolios and saying maybe I should shrink this, maybe I shouldn't put as much money into the markets because it looks like a bubble is going to burst? And do I put some powder on the side and just prepare for this uh, whatever is going to happen, or are you still kind of thesis-minded and you're just yeah. kind of feeding and feeding and feeding and making your way to where you want to be?
1: i'm close to fully invested even though uh i i guess i i don't know like uh, i guess the way that i've got my my company set up like i i i, I just continue like pretty much all all my bi- regular business earnings just go into an investment fund so I've, i i haven't allocated this year's investment money but like it's just kind of sitting there and uh i guess everything else that I've got is fully invested as fully invested as possible. Okay. I, 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 just, uh, I'm fairly confident in the in the assets I've got and, uh, you know, time will tell whether or not I'm, <laughs> I'm really smart or really stupid, but. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's all right. All right. Well, I like it. So uh, a couple of, uh, a couple more questions before we go to rapid fire time sure. and, uh, you know it sounds like you've got this you've got a great learning from your background and that's really helped forward in all the things that you've done is there been a mentor coach advisor somebody that you've kind of leaned on throughout all this time and would you recommend to other investors or startups um that this is a good way to go or you know how does that look in your world
1: yeah um i guess i, I i've been just I had a, a, a kind of a mentor early on in my career, uh, but that was more from like a financial accounting standpoint. And then uh, now I, I, I work with uh, a gentleman named Dennis Ensing, who's, who's got some really deep experience and really and, and he really thinks things out really thoroughly. And I, I, I've got a lot of respect for him. And so, I, I obviously, the 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 key to to success is to continue to learn. So, I do a lot of a lot of my learning through books and through through like consumption of information. And uh, and but then I also it's also very useful to have that that firsthand person. Like I, he, he's 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 really had some really deep experience in 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 like I guess cash management, which. You know, even though I'm I'm coming from the insolvency side, I just haven't like kind of walked through a lot of these aspects personally for for a company. So it was really useful to to kind of talk with someone who who has done that for for my business out in Vancouver, and um, and that's 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 really that's been really really immensely helpful. Um,
0: so you recommend it. That- Investors and startups should have some sort of coach or mentor mentor on the side that can really bounce ideas off, learn a bit more from. uh, Share a lot about it. You talk about kind of all your assets and think, hey, what about this is coming up? Do you think I should change that? Like is that the types of questions you're asking or is it more uh, just how you feel in the markets going and you're kind of just working along with somebody and, and learning as you go?
1: I guess none of my mentors are, are really, uh, kind of investment coaches. Like, uh, there's just like, uh, you know, some, some aspect where you can, where you can draw a lot of, uh, a lot of value and, uh, you know, obviously it, it, it's important to, to also return that the favor and, and, uh, and, you know, you see some, you, you see some young companies and, and, and they're struggling because they don't understand something that's vital to, to kind of moving, move move their company forward. So it's important to impart that knowledge onto
0: it. to, it's kind of a cycle. Um. No, I agree. I like that. You, and you, it's bang on. People do need to find somebody that they can relate with, that they're comfortable with, that they can share things with, not your family member, but somebody outside the circle. So that that way you can get some unbiased uh, direction, but you don't always have to take it more input is good. You learn from there and you, you move forward and you make, like you said, your you, you don't know if you're going to be the smartest guy in the world or the dumbest guy tomorrow, but uh, you're going to make that risk and see what happens, right? Yeah, hopefully it's somewhere in the middle.
1: And uh, <laughs> <because> <laughs> I don't want to be the smartest guy in the world because, uh, because then you get all these these guys like following you. But uh, <laughs> but if you're somewhere in the middle, you're doing all right, and uh, and and uh, at least you put in the the thought and, and you, you did the thought exercise, and you you allocated your assets as you uh, uh, in a way that that's going to preserve your wealth for your, for the next generation, and um, and then you 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 kind of you know I think that, that there's going to be a I think there's going to be a brand new paradigm in two three years. There's, like investing in two, three of the years is going to be way different than today.
0: No, that's, uh, that's interesting. Um, we're going to, we're going to, before we get to the crystal ball, I think what we're going to do is we're going to jump into the rapid fire questions. So yeah. I'm just going to fire the questions off and then you just jump on each one of them. All right. All right. So, uh, how many companies or dollars do you invest per year mm. okay. in early stage, pre-seed and seed, which is where we invest, What's the what's the what's the average norm? It doesn't have to be exact, but just what, what do you think?
1: So I've been at this for 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 three years, or th- I guess close to four, I guess. And uh, I started off pretty slow, and uh, right now I have invested two hundred
0: sixty thousand. Okay, let's In, go more rapid. Yeah, yeah. more rapid fire questions. More, more, more rapid. Ready? More rapid. <laughs> Uh, do you do follow-on investments?
1: Yes. Percentage? Percentage uh, of of portfolio,
0: all- like thirty percent. You always make sure or all one hundred percent. You always follow on.
1: Oh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I've only done one. So
0: only- <laughs> all right. So that we'll call it ten percent or one percent. One percent done. Yeah. Uh, any notable portfolio companies that you'd like to share? Outside of the one you just talked about, which is D'Gero. Uh
1: No, I think I'm okay with just sharing DeJero.:
0: Done. Uh, do you have any preferable verticals that you like to focus on? Fintech healthcare?
1: I don't really have a theme. I, I, I guess just tech in, in general, I, I, haven't, I haven't focused okay. on. That.
0: Innovation's good. Uh, Do you have any preferred terms, pref shares, safes, anything that you like to mostly invest on? I like convertible debt. Convertible debt? I like it.
1: Because of the downside protection and and the liquidity preference.
0: Do you have a timeline for your investments that it takes you from beginning to end?
1: Um, I expect these investments to take about 10 years.
0: Okay, so you're more of the long term? Mm -hmm uh what is uh, do you lead any rounds not so far okay do
1: you but take I'm board seats anymore. uh i haven't taken a board seat yet any interest yeah i take a board seat
0: perfect well that hits up our uh rapid fire we were pretty good on the rapid side i needed to be better on the fire <laughs> no, but we are good we were good um all right so the uh, the last two questions let's take all the the startups all the investments everything you've done over the last few years and let's compound those down to say is there one or two things that you think help and make a startup successful when they're first starting off and moving forward is there any elements that you've seen that if they really try to do this they've got a better chance of being successful
1: yeah i mean i i think it's it's uh it's really depending on, it's really dependent on how much uh, I'd say, how much information the CEO is consumed. If the CEO really knows everything about the business, then that's, that's, that's really important.
0: I like that because my whole thing is that if I invest, I want the CEO to be crazy. I want her or him to be like nutso about what they're trying to do, because it's the only way they're going to be able to pivot and change quickly because they're adapting, they're learning so much about their ecosystem, their environment, and the more they know, the faster they can move. And they'll find other problems inside that market that they never even thought, which might open up bigger doors and create more opportunity. Yep. Right, yeah, For sure. I love that. That's, uh, that's brilliant. Okay, so now uh, we're kind of down to the low wire here. Last big question. You kind of touched on a little bit of this. So I'm really kind of excited to hear where you're going to go with it. But you got a crystal ball what's the next twelve months or thirty six months look like in the investment world? uh not markets but more in the startup world. What do you see changing? You mentioned it? Do you think yeah going to going I appeal what's it going to look like so if I had to look at
1: it look through my crystal ball, I would say that valuations are going to go down uh, valuations have have kind of reached an all time high, and even with uh you know it's kind of like the real estate market you see valuations at a, at a certain place and you think your house is still worth that but it's not anymore uh when it, it's really it's really a, a subject to supply and demand and like i said there there's definitely a lot less investors out there who who are willing to invest right this moment because they just they're uncertain of what's going to happen next right um investors are regular people they can be uh it's easier to hold than it is to buy, you know, so, so therefore, um, I I could see valuations going down. I could see a lot of startups having a hard time, especially those that, that deal with, with, uh, with companies face to face. And that's a lot of startups. So, um, I, I know I've been watching, uh, one startup, uh, really closely, and uh, they they do work in uh, ticket resales, essentially. Like so, so you you go to a venue and and you you see all these seats down there, and you want to pay a few extra bucks and get down there. And uh, that company is basically gone now because there are no events. <laughs> so so how, how how can you test your product? How can you get your product ready if, if there's no events? And yeah, there's eventually going to be events, and that that product may actually be exactly what what uh, what event managers need uh, going forward when 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 their theaters are are still uh, super empty. So um, you know, I guess um, you're going to see you're going to see a lot of founders give up. I think.
0: It's interesting to say that because the world is, um, in 2008, a lot of great companies started up because yeah. of downtime. And in the last four or five years, there was this big push that to be an entrepreneur was amazing. It was the best thing in the world. And then in the last year or so, I noticed that that being an entrepreneur, people realized how hard it was. And I think it's kind of faltered a little bit. It is not the same prestige as it used to be. Mm-hmm. And, but investing also has taken that, and the last few years, there was a lot of people that out of nowhere became investors. And now I kind of feel that that's starting to fizzle too because they realize, wait, I don't have 10 years to wait for this. I'm trying to get money now and I got to survive now. So I think there's a big shift that they've glorified so many things around early stage and investing and Airbnb and all these great things. And now it's coming back down to earth. And I think you're going to start to have to see, like you said, things are going to level out. Some things are going to take a dip in cost and value. And that's where I think there's going to be a deal and where people are going to have to spend a little bit of time doing research to support and get behind the right companies. Yeah. The right I, I
1: think that a, an important question is, are we in 2008 right now or are we in 2007? Because uh, I, I, I think that, that we might be in 2007 because we're we – you, you have – you know, all these government programs are essentially a plug. They, they stop the revenue they they stop the outflow of revenues that companies otherwise would have just made because the markets were open you know so so you're you're it everything's kind of suspended in the air and yeah. and then when when uh when economic realities start to 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 set in and you know People figure out that this temporary layoff wasn't temporary. In some cases, it's uh, it's going to be hard to to spend money. And uh, I guess I would draw parallels to 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 the the the, the uh, recent uh, almost depression that they had in Japan, where where people just kind of uh, there was a big deleveraging, and uh, I guess uh, folks just. Set their balance sheets back up, so they 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 started saving more, they started uh paying down their debt their companies were making money but instead of instead of borrowing to invest more, they just paid down their debt so that their their balance sheets could could get set up and they they weren 't vulnerable in the event of another another crash you know an event like this is is it, it just kind of really sets in you kind of like uh like the the actual great depression in 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 the u s you know you're just uh, you're just in a situation where you never want to be uh, in that position again, where you, where your savings are
0: insufficient. So, agreed. Well, before we, we before we jump off, I gotta ask. I gotta get you to tell us one amazing, cool story that's heartfelt, like amazing. These guys came from nothing; they got to here, and things are growing. Do you have one of those last stories you want to share that just kind of? makes everybody think god this is amazing i love startups i wish i did
1: i i I really don't unfortunately i i uh you know i haven't been in the world for that long and uh and unfortunately (laughs) i haven't had tremendous success in my investments so uh they're
0: still coming you got time right you've been benchmarking 10 years so you got lots to come yes well (laughs) how about we do this then i'm going to give you the last word and the last word is what are you telling a startup and what do you think some great advice that you could share to them so that that will be some upswing to help them through what's going on today? I mean, worst case scenario,
1: capital is going to be a lot harder to come about six, six months from now, nine months from now, a year from now. So my advice is that, is that you get, get out there, you build a case for why, why, why you're, you're worth money right now and you, you go raise money before it's too late and you, you can't, and, and capital's really, really hard to come by.
0: Well, Bernie, that was awesome. I, uh, I love the stories. I love the insights, all the information, like I always show and like I always do, took lots of notes. Uh, right. But I appreciate all of your time. Uh, that was a great last word. But I want to thank you again. Uh, we'll chat, certainly after this but uh, it's been a pleasure getting to learn a bit more about you and obviously all the things that you've been doing yeah. and maybe more we'll in the future.
1: Face the face again.
0: <laughs> oh, it'll happen soon. I suspect it
1: will. you look <laughs> forward to it. Maybe. Uh, I, I, I think that maybe, maybe January, right? We'll, we'll, we'll see. Cause we, I think we've all, all officially moved all the screenings and all that stuff offline for, for next year up till January. So, so I'm hoping that, that, uh, that, that things will be face-to-face
0: before that. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing you back in January then. All right. Talk to you soon. All right, buddy. Have a great day, and thanks again.
1: All right. Have a good one. Bye.
0: All right. There you have it. That was Bernie Batt. He is uh, part of the Southwest Angels SWO, and uh, ah, he's a great guy. I've been working with him for the last three years, and he had a lot of great things to say, but I think what I liked the most of what he really brought out is – You know what, cash flow, making sure that you understand your business, being granular about it. But I think one thing that really stood out was the last comment he made. Build a case and go raise that funds. Excuse me, because you have no idea where you're gonna end up and where things are going to be in the next six months. And if you're being cautious, and from a finance guy, being a bit cautious isn't a bad thing. So you know what, get out there, prove your point, and go lock in some funding grow your company and make sure that you can survive the next 12 to 18 months. Because when that U shape or V shape curve starts to happen, you want to make sure you're ready and you're there. So what is it? Keep your stick on the ice, keep stick handling and go score a goal. So get out there as fast as you can. And uh, uh, it's been great. Enjoy your day. And uh, thank you for watching.